Good morning, everyone, and welcome again to Butterfly Kisses, a journey of spiritual transformation. I am your host, Amy Gray Cunningham, and today I have an extra special treat for you. I My guest is someone I have dreamed of having on my podcast since I started almost a year ago. He has dramatically changed my life uh, by the books that I have read, and I am so grateful he has agreed to come on today and share his journey of spiritual transformation. So I'd like to introduce Tom T. Moore, who is an award-winning author, speaker, CEO of an international film and TV program distribution company, and Sedona Journal of Emergence columnist. As a telepath, he has asked over 30,000 questions in a meditative state and has was voted best self-help author for three years in a row by readers of a health magazine for his Gentle Way series of three books. His latest is The Gentle Way with Pets, Angelic Help for Your Animal Companions, which I'm very excited to read about since everybody knows about my, my lovely fur babies here. <laughs> and he is also the author of Atlantis and Lemuria, The Lost Continents Revealed and First Contact, Conversations with an ET. So we may talk a little bit about those as well here shortly. He's been interviewed three times on Gaia TV with Regina Meredith which is very interesting. Tom, I'd like for you to tell us how you got started with angels and how the concept of requesting most benevolent outcomes or MBOs came about. And for those who haven't read your book, what the heck is a most benevolent outcome to begin with? Okay. Um, hmm. oh, welcome. <laughs> so what should we take up? How it came about or, or what, what a, a most benevolent outcome is? Well, let's start with how they came about, and then we'll okay. go into what, what exactly they are. Okay. In the 90s, I was reading a, 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 a channeled article in the Sedona Journal of Emergence, which I eventually became a columnist for. Uh, in it, uh, Robert Shapiro was channeling a creator being by the name of Zosh. I call him Uncle Zosh. I've talked to him a couple of times. And Zosh said, you can request benevolent outcomes in your life. And so I, I said, well, that's kind of interesting. I'd, I'd tried all sorts of uh, modalities. The law of attraction, it worked sometimes, not others. It, it, it just wasn't doing very well for me. So I kept looking. And I decided to just experiment with requesting benevolent outcomes. And I started requesting them out loud and I was, and I, I didn't really have a way to say it at first. So I kind of experimented with how to say it. And I found that started with very mundane requests, like uh, drives to, uh, to a restaurant and, and a parking space in front of the restaurant, real, real simple things. And it worked perfectly. I was getting immediate feedback. So that encouraged me to slowly but surely increase the, uh, the level of importance of these, uh, of these requests for uh, these benevolent outcome requests. And I eventually decided to say uh, where everyone of any kind of religion can say this and you can feel like it goes to wherever you believe it goes to whatever deity that you might believe in. And because it doesn't mention anything, it just says, 
I request a most benevolent outcome for dot, dot, dot. Thank you. And so this way it was good for everyone. And that's, that's very important because, you know, there are people that feel, oh, I need to add in uh, to address it to a, a certain deity and also to say something at the end, like I'm in or something like that. And I wanted to make it for all religions. And, and so that's, that's how it kind of started. And it just kind of grew. It was working so well for me that I wrote an article, submitted it to the, the Sedona Journal, and they published it. It was extremely well received. They put it on their website and everything. And so that's how it, it kind of started. Um, just, just me experimenting and, and finding something that truly worked. Why do you think it works so well? Well, now these are all things that I found out since then. Number one is that scientists have yet to rediscover the power of, of the verbal voice. So when you say something out loud, it, it has this, this connection that scientists will one, one day rediscover because just as a, a small example, back in Egyptian times, there were hundreds of people in like three groups, let's say, and they would chant a certain sound and it would lift these huge uh, blocks and they would be moved to the pyramids. That's how they got the blocks to the pyramids was using a sound. And, and scientists just have not rediscovered that yet. I've asked what the sound was and they said, nope, we're not gonna tell you. That's something for, for your scientists to rediscover. Okay, so that's, that's one. So number two is they work perfectly with your soul contract. I, again, these are all things I was to discover as I went along. So it works perfectly with your soul contract. If you're requesting most benevolent outcomes every single day, it will keep you on your soul contract. It will not allow you uh, to, to try and force yourself onto a path that is not on your soul contract, that soul path that you agreed to with your soul before having, before having this life on earth. So you've got, so it, it keeps you on your soul contract. It lowers your stress. It lowers your fear. And uh, it, it also slowly but surely raises your vibrational level. And that's, again, something else I didn't know it did. It just slowly but surely keeps raising your vibrational level to the point where, well, hard to get into uh, this very far, but there are 12 parallel lives going on at the same time. And... Uh, these uh, 12 timelines, as they're called, we're on timeline number six. So as you raise your vibrational level, you can go up to the top of timeline six if you keep raising your, your vibrational level. That's, that's a lot to talk about later, but, but basically uh, there are 12 views. So uh, it's, uh, 
It raises your vibrational level. It keeps you on your subcontract. It has a radiant effect on others. So that when you request a benevolent outcome for your drive somewhere and you have someone in the car with you, um, the radiant effect is that that uh, uh, MBO request applies to them too. So there's all sorts of reasons to request benevolent outcomes in your life. And, uh, and besides the radiant effect and actually having a spiritual connection. What's the difference between, in the book you talk about using the word ask and request. What's yes. the difference between those two words? Right. And I was saying I request the most benevolent outcome. And, and then uh, I was told that if you want to have a benevolent outcome for someone else, you say, I ask uh, uh, any and all beings to dot, dot, dot. Thank you. So you change it. So I said, well, there doesn't seem to be very much of a, of a difference between request and ask. And I was t told, read a dictionary. <laughs> so there, there, <laughs> they said, there is a difference. So read about it. So anyway, so when you request a, a benevolent outcome for other people, beings, dogs, animals, you name it, you say, I ask any and all beings. Thank you. And it's all done out loud. But when you, when you re ask these benevolent uh, outcomes for other people, as an example, for the refugees in Ukraine, the more people you can get to say the exact same sentence, that exact same prayer, the more powerful it is. It, it has a crescendo effect when it goes out as hundreds, if not thousands of people say it. I, in my newsletter each week out, I've been having a couple of, uh, of benevolent prayers for refugees and, and the war and, and such. And I invite people to go to my website, which is www.thegentlewaybook.com and uh, uh, click on articles and news. And just click on the newest newsletter and you'll see some of the uh, benevolent prayers I'm asking everyone to say out loud. So in, in your book, you talk about saying the words out loud and then also writing them down. Yes. And, and um, you, what's the difference between the two there? And well, that? Theo says it's much better to, uh, to say it out loud. Theo is my guardian angel and mm -hmm. uh, we can get into how I named him. But Theo says that, that to say it out loud, if you are unable to speak for whatever reason, uh, a physical uh, uh, reason or whatever, you can write it, but it's, it's not as powerful as if you say it out loud. Can you whisper it or does it have to be? Well, sometimes you have to whisper it, uh, you know, in certain circumstances, even, I mean, if you're in, you know, with some friends and, and they don't have the, uh, the same beliefs or they, they don't know about benevolent outcomes or, or don't, and you know they don't want to know, then, then you can kind of whisper, I have a request the most benevolent outcome for our drive to such and such, you know, and uh, when you're with them. And other times people will, will say it out loud and 
and their friends will say, oh, or their family, oh, yeah, yeah. And then lo and behold, they escape some kind of traffic uh, uh, wreck or whatever. And they said, hmm, maybe this works. <laughs> so is this kind of like a genie in the bottle, you get three wishes type thing? Or, I mean, how? Except there's no, there's no end to the number of, of things that you can ask for. I tell people, just imagine that you have a, a stack of these little request forms saying, I request the most benevolent outcome for, thank you. And you tear one off and write it, and but the stack never goes down. It, you can, I, I've asked thousands and thousands of requests, uh, or I should say I've requested thousands and thousands of times, and, and it just keeps right on because your your own uh, now in my belief system i've been told that that creator ask uh knew that we would have a, a, a needed to have a lot of assistance in what's called the earth experiment our souls volunteered to see if there was a way to live in the four negative energies all the rest of our universe and all the trillions of other universes only exist in the 10 positive energies. These energies will not even be discovered for many years by scientists because they're not even looking. So, but I've told that this is what this ex earth experiment is, that we're living in these four negative energies and we have been able to do it. We're the only society in the trillions of universes to be able to do it. So we're the stars of not only our universe, but all the other universes, which is why we keep having all these, these uh, motherships and, and UFOs and everything that we see in the skies because they're taking millions and millions of readings every single day of the earth and all the people uh, and everybody, everyone is just, amazed that we've been able to do this. What are the four negative energies? We don't know. Uh, I've had a number of, of my readers of my weekly newsletter, free weekly newsletter, um, that have uh, suggested certain uh, ideas on what the four negative energies are. And I've been told they're incorrect every single time. I'm told sometime in the future, some of them will get close, but so far, no one has. Do you know why we, we don't know or why, why the veil is yeah. closed on us on that that's, one? That's just beyond us at this time. Interesting. Interesting. You, you have to understand a lot of the questions and, and things I receive now, uh, I'm told, are for future generations that sort of, and I hate comparing myself at, at all um, uh, to Edgar Casey. but if you notice, Edgar Casey's works have been published for many, many years after his, uh, after he transitioned. And mm -hmm. so I, I'm told that, that these are, uh, these are things that that I'm receiving now, and people will study long after I've transitioned. 
So you, you were talking about Theo, your guardian angel. How did you come to know Theo and what sure. does he do for you? Well, we have to kind of uh, keep in mind, I've been, I've been told that it dates back uh, to, uh, I've been uh, trying to figure out why I was the main guy uh, pushing, re uh, requesting benevolent outcomes. And I had, Robert Shapiro had channeled a Indian shaman by the name in English of Reveals the Mysteries to me. And I'd asked, uh, Reveals the Mysteries, is my sole contract to uh, support Robert's work? And I was told no. And I thought, well, that's very strange because it seems like that's what they're doing. So a couple of years go, go by. And finally, my wife and I decided to go to a Dick Sutphin workshop or seminar in Sedona, Arizona. And uh, my wife had never been to one of his, his seminars, but she wanted to go. And I, I'd been to a couple, so I didn't think I'd get much out of it. So I, I said, well, I'll go and I'll support her. One, uh, it was, the seminar was to how to increase your psychic abilities. So the second day of the seminar, we're supposed to be, uh, Dick's up in this, putting us under three or four times a day. And by the end of the day, you feel like you've had a whole bottle of wine. You're like really spacey. <laughs> and and um, so he was going to put us under for us to try and do automatic writing. So I thought, well, instead of trying to do automatic writing, I'm just going to see if I can connect with reveals the mysteries. So uh, Dick puts us under. And so I, I, uh, I said, uh, reveals the mysteries, are you there? And he said, yes, I am, Tom. I thought, wow, this is great. So I went ahead and asked him, why, why was I the one that seemed to be pushing this? And he said, Tom, he said, uh, you're an Indian shaman living at the same time I am here in the 1600s in the western part of the United States with another tribe. Your name is Stillwater and you've de you decided to incarnate into the 20th and 21st centuries in order to reintroduce people to the gentle way. And I got the name of my first book the first time I ever talked to him. And, I, and he said, and, and you're gonna write books. And I said, no, 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 I'm a business guy. You know, I thought I would be in international film and TV program distribution till I retired. And he said, no books. And so I said, well, okay. So I wrote the first book, The Gentle Way, the very first time that I ever, uh, uh, that I ever spoke to him. And if people notice, if you go to my website, it's www.thegentlewaybook.com because I thought, there is no way I could write any more than one book. And here I am six books later, which I can, let's see if I, I don't know if I can share this. Uh, I'll do it for just a second. Whoops, <laughs> wherever it went. No. There we go. Um, 
just to give you an idea, there's four of the books right there. So. Okay, back. <laughs> That's not working well today. Um, it's going to take too long. So uh, anyway, you get an idea. I wound up uh, uh, writing the Gentle Way books one, two, and three. I was voted best author by the readers of a health magazine for three years in a row. And then my latest one is uh, the Gentle Way with Pets. And I also, in the meantime, also wrote a couple of other books. So here I am six books later and, and not even believing that I was going to be able to write one book. But they, it, it turns out I've got a couple of what are called uh, writer guides. Uh, everybody has guides. And, uh, and you have one main guide that's from your soul, uh, your, your soul cluster. And in this case, it turns out that reveals the mysteries that Indian shaman is my uh, is part of my soul cluster and is my main guide in this life. And then you have other guides that come and go. So when my wife and I owned an international wholesale tour company, I had a couple of, of guides that helped me uh, with the wholesale tour company. When we sold that company and, and we started the international film and TV program distribution company, I added a couple of more guides to help me with that. And then I, when I started writing, I, that's when the, uh, uh, the writer guides came on board and have greatly assisted me in my writing. If I, if I get writer's block or I, I get stumped, I'll say, okay, guys, start downloading some more stuff. And 30 minutes or so, hour later, bang, I've got another thousand words or so. Awesome. That gives me hope. I'm writing a book. I'm in the process of writing a book as well. Um, so just say I, I request the most vanilla and I come to uh, attract guides that will assist me in writing this book. Thank you. And then they'll, they're probably already there. And then you can just start saying, please help me in writing this book. How many times do you have to request a, ben a benevolent outcome? only once but you're not penalized if you feel like you need to request it uh, multiple times now theo and we kind of got away from theo for a minute when i started i asked to speak to my guardian angel and and theo came on and and i said well what what name shall i call you and he said tom he said we're not really big on names over here you but you could call me Tom, Dick, or Harry, but Tom would be a little hard in your meditations. So I thought for a while, and a couple of weeks later, Theo popped into my head. Now, it turned out that I've, I've called him Theo in many other lives because I have communicated with spirit for many, many, many lives. I'm, I'm told that I'm one of the oldest souls on the planet and uh, one of 10 that have had uh, more than a thousand lives. I'm on a thousand and five. And yet I have 300 more to go uh, while most people only have to have 600 to 800 and um, uh, lives. And I, I said, gosh, <laughs> I must be a slow. When I was told I, I was over a thousand, I said, 
I must be a slow learner. I really did say that. And I was told, no, you keep coming back to push people along. So here I am. We like the people that push us along. Yep. I love it. So out loud, you can say, guardian angel, what name shall I call you? And you may get an immediate name, whatever it may, it may be, or it may take a couple of weeks like it did me. But eventually, you'll have a name that you can work with uh, that you can speak at any time to your own guardian angel. How do you work with Theo? How do I work with him? Yeah. In what? In what do you just talk to him throughout the day or do you just oh, talk to him in the meditative okay. state? Or uh, I typically, now keep in mind, uh, I'm told that I'm the only guy in the world or only person in the world that takes questions from anybody all over the world. That's why I've been able to ask 30,000 questions uh, is, is because the, uh, I, I have all, all these great readers of my, uh, my free newsletter each week that will send me in uh, questions to ask. Sometimes it's only one question. Sometimes it could be 10 or 15 all on one email, which makes it hard for me, me to get to them all, especially in one session. So I have these sessions uh, typically a couple of times a week because they're very tiring mentally for me to concentrate. And, and so I put myself into an altered uh, state. And, and then I, I typically will start off, okay, I'd like uh, I, to speak to Gaia. And so Gaia is the soul of the earth. And I ask earth type questions to Gaia. And then after that, I'll say, okay, uh, thank you, uh, Gaia. Uh, uh, have a good life and Godspeed. Now, Gaia tells me I, I must say Godspeed every time because some, somehow that connects me with all these other lives where I've talked to Gaia. And of course, in other lives, I might be calling her Mother Earth or whatever, but, but she says, that connection needs to be there. So I need to say that every time. So then I say, okay, Theo uh, on my shoulder. And he always says, right by your side with your guides, Tom. And that's when I start asking questions of Theo. I have this, I have a notebook that is filled with, with questions, a whole page of questions. And so I ask those, and that typically, typically takes an hour and a half to two hours and I, you know, I'm pretty tired by the time I get through asking all these questions. How did you learn to come up, how did you learn that you could do that? Um, that was at, uh, at uh, that Sedona um, uh, deal where uh, I, I just asked to speak to Reveals the Mysteries. And that's, that's when I first found out that I could communicate with spirit. That's a very unique gift. And, it, and it's, it's telepathic because, because Reveals the Mysteries was actually living at that time in the 1600s in the western part of the United States. I, I was around when the chief of his Indian tribe died and he went into mourning and he told me, I'm going to have to pass you along off just for today 
to yourself, uh, who is Stillwater, and that was the only time I've ever spoken to myself in in that life. And then later, suddenly he told me, "Well, I, I'm in spirit now." I said, "Well, I, I thought you you were going to tell me when you were you were going to transition." I said, "Well, I, you know, I just did." So that's that's how it kind of kind of happened. So what kind of things can you ask for with the benevolent, most benevolent outcome? Oh, so many things, okay. You, you can request a benevolent outcome for your drive to work. Now, the, uh, these are all, I'm gonna start with the mundane requests and we'll kind of work up. You can request uh, a benevolent outcome if you're in commission sales. Each morning say, I request most benevolent outcome for my sales to be uh, to be really great today, and so you'll find you know maybe there's four or five or six people uh, in your store or something that are all working on commissions, but someone will walk in and give you the biggest sale of the day. So there are things like that that you can do. I, I mentioned the uh, parking spot in front of a busy restaurant or a shopping mall or or, or the post office or wh wherever you go. And, and or if you take a, a bus, uh, request a benevolent outcome for a seat on the bus if it's crowded, or a subway, and or a train. So there's there's so many of these benevolent things that you can request. Just just in general for your work day, a day, for easily being able to pick up your kids at school, whatever it happens to be. These are all the things that we encounter every single day of the week. But then you get into the more important things, like you can say, I request a most benevolent outcome for the perfect job for me, okay? And, and then you have, but the, this type of, of uh, MBO requests, you have to be patient because maybe the person, there's a person in that perfect job and you have to wait for them to leave uh, the business, leave, leave their job, uh, be promoted, whatever it happens to be for you to get that perfect job for you. Or maybe you need a job in the interim that prepares you for that perfect job. So you have to be patient when you request a most benevolent come for the perfect job for you. Same thing, it goes for the perfect mate for you. And, and you have to be patient. I've had I've had a couple of ladies in the past that have uh, that have emailed and said, Tom, I requested a, a most benevolent come for the perfect man for me a month ago, and nothing's happened yet. So you have to you have to really be patient and understand they may be in a relationship, or maybe you need a, a relationship uh, first to prepare you for that perfect relationship with them. So be patient when you start asking for these, these uh, things like that, or even uh, I request the most benevolent outcome for the perfect home for me. My wife and I decided several years ago, about 2008, I think it was, that we decided we, we were living in a very expensive home uh, in an expensive part of uh, the Dallas area called Park Cities. We decided we wanted to downsize as we were getting older. We didn't need that large a house anymore. So 
we started looking around and she would say, okay, let's go look at this house. And each time it'd be a little farther, a little farther north, a little farther north. And she would take me out of work and, and say, we got to go look at this house. And we even made a, an offer on, on one house. And lo and behold, uh, someone bought it for the full price. Now, at that time, people weren't paying like they are these days, the full price or even in excess. They, it was somewhat below, but somebody paid the full price. So obviously that was not the perfect. And at that point, because I had been saying, okay, I request the most benevolent outcome uh, for the results of us making a, an offer on this house or for this uh, for this house for us. And I finally said, okay, I request the most benevolent outcome for the perfect house for us. And she found it the very next day. So it was you have and it, it is perfect because we we can have our office in our house. It's perfect and and you know all the things that go in to being able to have a, a office in your house, it, it worked. Great. Do you have to word the the request in a specific way, or is it more about the intent behind it, or do you have to make sure that you get it exactly correct? Well, the thing about it is, if you don't have a specific way that you say it, now you don't have to say it like I do. If you don't want to, that's fine, as long as you say the request out loud. Uh, you can you can say it your own way, but you need to say it the same way every single time or what will happen is, is that you'll start you'll start taking too long to to say the request and eventually you'll just stop requesting because because it's too hard to think well how should i say the request this time so whatever way you want to say the request stick to it okay i i I found this is a real, real simple way. I requested most vanilla I come for, blank, 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 thank you. And, and it works. So if you, but you've got, to, you've got to be consistent on how you request the vanilla outcome. You have to believe that it's gonna happen or? I didn't particularly. Keep in mind when I started experimenting, I didn't particularly believe or not believe. I, I was very neutral. I said, well, I don't know. This sounds kind of interesting. I think I'll just kind of experiment, see if it works or not. People could just experiment, see if it works. And if it works for them, great. If it doesn't, then it should. They haven't lost anything. <laughs> it should. It should. It's worked for me. So, <laughs> so and, and it's worked for thousands of other people. So, you know, it's, but if you say this, this is not going to work, this is not going to work, this is not going to work, it won't work. You know, you've got to at least be neutral. You know, yeah. you've got to have an open mind and say, well, you know, I'm not sure, but you know, the law of attraction hadn't worked, but I'll I'll at least give this a try. Well, you bring up law of attraction. What's the difference between a most benevolent outcome and the law of attraction? Well, okay. To me, there, I think there's a couple of differences. One is that you do say these requests out loud. So it's a verbal request. 
Number two, it, it, you know, it, it works with your soul contract. So it keeps you on your soul contract because if you're, if, if you're doing the law of attraction, I, as an example, for the longest time, I had a photo of a, uh, of a private jet sitting on, uh, behind me on my, my desk and, and thinking, well, if I concentrate on, on that private jet, if I have enough money uh, to, to own a private jet, then I must be successful in my international film distribution business. Well, that never happened, okay? Uh, it was not on my sole path to own or even rent a private jet. I was told that, that um, and this came about when I was trying to raise money for five movies that a friend of mine and I had the rights for that were by an English writer by the name of Cheney that wrote in World War II, these were spy novels. And I went all over the place trying to raise money. Budapest, Prague, St. Petersburg, Russia, uh, American Film Market, uh, Cannes, uh, uh, France for the, for the TV markets and all. And, oh, and Milan. And every, every time I would get close to raising the money, something weird would come up and it would fall apart. And finally, I, I said, I asked Theo, I said, Theo, I've been requesting benevolent outcomes on, on raising this money and it, it, it just seems to fall apart every time. Why? And he said, Tom, he said, that's not on your soul contract. If you had gone down that path, you would never reach the number of people that you're going to reach with your writing and your speaking. Isn't it funny how things work out sometimes? There it goes. Keeps you, keeps you on the straight and narrow, so to speak, <laughs> if you're requesting benevolent outcomes. So how can people find your book? Where can they get your book at, your books? Oh, you know, typically, uh, of course, the largest sales, and this is no secret anywhere, is on Amazon.com. Uh, all my books are there. I... Uh, uh, I, I do have six books on, on Amazon. You can type in Tom T. Moore. Be sure to use the middle initial because there's more than one Tom Moore writing books. Or you can, you know, uh, type it, uh, enter uh, The General Way or, uh, or any of my other books. And, um, and you'll find them. Um, they're also on other platforms in case uh, you have a preference for using someone else's platform to buy your books. That's the easiest uh, way. And your website is thegentlewaybook.com. Singular, well. thegentlewaybook.com. <laughs> <laughs> little did I know. Little so, did you know, yes. Yep. Yeah. And since then, um, now my latest book is The Gentle Way with Pets, okay? Yes, tell us about that and, book. Well, as an example, uh, I, I gave examples in the book. You can request a most benevolent outcome for the perfect pet for you. And so that's when you go looking for a pet, hopefully in a, uh, uh, you know, in a pound or a, a no-kill facility or something, but find the perfect pet for you and then listen to that whisper in your ear that says, oh, today is the day to go looking. And then most benevolent come to choose the best food for your dog. 
whether it's a, a, a puppy or an, a, a dog that's, you know, could be three or four or five years old, request the most benevolent come to choose the perfect food because there's so much junk out there for pets. So you want to request that. MBO to choose the best veterinary care for your pet. You want to choose the best vet that will be perfect for your pet. And that's very important. There's a lot of uh, vets out there that will charge ridiculous prices and will not be that good for your pet. And they'll want to, you know, they'll want to do operations or whatever. Uh, most benevolent come for a, a safe walk with your pet so that you don't encounter other dogs or something that will try and beat up on your poor little little <laughs> poodle or whatever it, you happen to have when you're walking your dog. And the most benevolent outcome when that pet transitions is very important to say, I request the most benevolent outcome for my, for my dog, Johnny, or for my cat, Fluffy, or whatever the name is, to return for another life with me. As Theo says, we take this to a, a higher level and that pet will return for another life with you. Just keep in mind that our pets go to what are called staging areas. And they don't, they, it's a staging area for dogs or staging area for cats. And they are assigned new birth mothers. It can be in the past, present or future. So just because it, that you're attracted to a dog that was born a, a year or so before or five years or whatever it happens to be before your dog transitions, it doesn't mean that it isn't your, your dog. So just keep in mind, past, present or future, you, you'll get the return of your pet to come back for another life with you. I've always wondered, I've got my buddy, he came two years ago and uh, two years before I got him, our Maggie passed away. Oh. I often wonder, he kind of showed up at my brother's house. Yeah. I often wonder if that, if he's, and there's so many things that he does that reminds me of Maggie. Well, just keep in mind that in reality, and and you can read that, I think, in the book, or uh, and and certainly I've, I've asked more questions since then about to dog soul and cat soul and what have you, that they're, sometimes they've been with you several hundred lives, okay? Mm -hmm. Several hundred of their lives. They keep coming back to you if you're sweet to them. You'll you'll read about that uh, the general way with pets book. Do you have anything else that you would like to share with our readers before we? Well, we haven't touched on, and I'll just do it in passing. I understand we're limited on time. We haven't touched on a book I wrote uh, a book that was where I asked hundreds and hundreds of questions about Atlantis and Lemuria, and yeah. so it's called Atlantis and Lemuria: The Loss. Uh, continents reveal book so that's part of the books that I have and then I also have another book called first contact conversations with an ET another member of my soul cluster is having a life as an ET this time and I've asked hundreds and hundreds of questions of him and so I have a book on that plus 
every single week. And this is, the book was published in 2013, but every single week since then, I've, I, as part of my weekly newsletter, my free weekly newsletter, I ask questions of Ventura. And he, he's given me all sorts of information about the real Star Wars, which there was, that lasted for 27,000 universal years, which in Earth years is 270,000. Much, much more about, uh, about uh, ETs in general. So both books, I think people would, would find an interest. You know, I guess in kind of closing, you can go to my website, www.thegentlewaybook.com. On the very first page, there's a little box and you can sign up for the newsletter right there on the first page. All of my free newsletters are archived on my website. You can go to articles and news, start reading the newest ones first to catch up, and you can read all the way back. I've had people that have told me they have read every single one of the ones dating all the way back to 2007. One last question for you that I ask all of my guests on here. If you have an opportunity to speak with someone on a park bench for an hour, whether that person be dead or alive, who would it be and what would you talk about? Not channeling, mm. but just being able to speak with someone. You know, I already, you know, I, I don't want anyone, when you start uh, going into meditation, and by the way, go to Amazon, uh, click on Dick Suppen, S-U-T-P-H-E-N, and buy a Spirit Guides MP3 if you want to start doing what I'm doing. Everyone can do what I'm doing. Everyone has the pineal gland in the back of your head, which is also called the third eye. And you can, you can communicate with every single being in our universe. And that includes creator. I've uh, talked to creator and creator says, Tom, he said, I can have trillions of communications going on at the same time. Many are far beyond your understanding and, and knowledge um, and imagination even, all going on at the same time. So if you want to speak to creator, you don't have to, to go through a, a, a religious person, a clergy, uh, you can do it yourself. And so that's, that's kind of what I recommend. You know, don't, you know, get it from the horse's mouth if you want. So you would speak with the creator? Yes, absolutely. And I could say creator can have trillions of conversations going on all at the same time. And that's, it's, uh, go, if you'll uh, go to my, uh, my website and there's this search box on that articles and news page and just uh, enter creator and you can, you can read some of the questions that I've asked creator just in the last mm, couple of months or so. Well, Tom, it has been a pleasure having you on Butterfly Kisses today. And I have absolutely loved it. And I've loved your books and everything that you've, you've written so far. And I will definitely check out your newsletter. And I will also have it in the um, show notes and your website and how people can find your books. So hopefully they can do that as well. And uh, I appreciate you 
joining us and taking the time out of your day to come and share with us today. Great. Thank you for having me. And and most vanilla not come for everyone. Definitely. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Butterfly Kisses, a journey of spiritual transformation. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe by hitting the subscribe button. This way you won't miss it when a new episode is released. Also, if you're interested in learning more about Akashic Record readings, you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with me by visiting my website at amygraycunningham.com. Again, thank you. And remember, always spread your gorgeous wings, my friend, and fly. Until next time, see ya.